It's car con carne. Cone Carne live from Quarantine. I'm James Van Osdell. Quarantine Cone Carne, sponsored tonight by C&H Financial Services. As business owners continue to open back up to serve their communities, they're faced with a lot of challenges as they navigate through this new normal brought on by the coronavirus. C&H Financial Services is here to help. They offer a variety of products that range from traditional merchant accounts to a zero-cost payment processing solution, which eliminates the expense associated with accepting Visa, MasterCard, Discover, and American Express as a form of customer payment. C&H Financial Services eTab Solutions, easy to set up for your business for online ordering and curbside pickup. C&H also offers cost-effective commercial lending programs, which can help you get your business the money it needs to make it through these unprecedented times. To learn more, contact C&H Financial Services at 855-600-2437 or go to chfs.us. Before we begin, I do want to mention Zanies. They are open. They're, they're doing it. In Chicago, Warren B. Hall is there this weekend. Tim Harrison is at the Zanies in Chicago next weekend. And you're probably wondering all the same things I was wondering about Zanies. Uh, they're, they're keeping things safe. They're paperless, limited capacity, spaced out tables, the employees are wearing face coverings. They've got mandatory temperature checks. Uh, they're washing their glassware twice before using it. Zanies in Chicago, which brings me to the topic of comedy, which brings me to my guest, Hari Rao, comedian Hari Rao. He is a local guy. Uh, thank you for joining me tonight. All right. Thank you for having me. You've got the extreme close-up. I, I feel like I should bring my monitor. Should I move in. back a little bit? No. Like, Am I just like right up in your face here? <laughs> are we good now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with this. I, I feel like you're you're really intense right up there, and I, I like a little <laughs> a little distance. I can get a little closer. Here we go. Now, okay. I, now I feel like I'm going to vomit. I've got like motion sickness watching this. <laughs> so, Hari Rao, you I, I guess I first knew you indirectly through your band that you've been playing bass in forever. I fight dragons. Yes, sir. What yeah. what a fun band that is. Oh man, so much fun. Uh, still going, still going. Yeah, uh, you are. Not as as active in terms of like touring anymore, uh, but uh, keeping it alive, having a lot of fun. We put out uh, an album in December, uh, Canonize, which is now on Spotify and all the streaming stuff. But we did a we did a release show at Lincoln Hall, which was a lot of fun. Uh, raised the money through uh, Patreon. I, I have to make sure I don't mispronounce it. I used to kept calling it Patreon. Patreon. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it, it, I love the band and, um, you know, we had to, obviously because of things going on now, uh, some stuff had to be shelved. Uh, we yeah. were really looking forward to hitting the road in November, but even now it's like the decision's been made to kind of pull the plug on that. I, I well, I want to get to comedy. I, I don't want to ignore the fact that you are a stand-up comedian, but since we're on the topic of your band and you mentioned the Patreon, I think it's really interesting because the album that came before Canonize, uh, which I, I just absolutely love, The Near Future, you did that through Kickstarter. Yes. So yeah. crowd crowdfunding is has definitely served I Fight Dragons well. And I talk to a lot of musicians. I've talked to a lot of musicians since COVID-19 hit. And there's that ongoing question of how to be self-sustaining in this time where you can't tour, you can't get out. It seems like you've really mastered 
the crowdfunding model and, and bringing the arts to that, that kind of ground grassroots level. Is that something you'd recommend for an artist? Yeah, uh, and, I, um, and, our, and our singer could probably speak more to this, uh, um, but um, I would, like one of the things that was better about using Patreon was just that we could, like with, with Kickstarter, you have a deliverable, right? A finished product and then that's the Kickstarter. But with Patreon, like we're able to bring people along just for the whole adventure. In fact, that's what we call it, album adventures. And so at each step along the, le- on the, along the way, like we're bringing people uh, into the studio, we're releasing uh, different versions of the same songs, like demo stuff. And like all of this is like, like little mini deliverables in a sense. So it's more, uh, it, it, I, I feel like Patreon lends itself more to like creative projects, um, which is why we, we ended up using Patreon this time. But yeah, I highly recommend it. Um, are, are you by day in project management or anything <laughs> kind of nerdy just using the term deliverables makes me think that you've got some kind of sweet desk job <laughs> you're, you're, well you're not wrong i'm an accountant by day there it is yeah there it is. <laughs> i well, feel is- like if i if i said james take three guesses that would have been in the top three well here this is great news because i suck at math so this is a great a great bond i'm forming tonight i, I need someone with with math skills in my corner well my, my my secret weapon is spreadsheets i never i never do the math in my head See, I, I could do the basics on Excel. I can get those columns all together. I can auto sum. But once you start busting out the formulas in those cells, I'm out. I can't. That, that's that, <laughs> that's, that's where it gets exciting for me. The V lookups, the pivot tables. I mean, oh, uh, man. I mean, equals sum. I mean, come on. That's, that's kids games. <laughs> Stuff like, so you're just saying, it's like talking dirty in accountant circles. <laughs> you know, as, I, as I'm like looking at myself in this video, I realize that being an accountant must be a dead giveaway because I work from home and I have a collared shirt on for some reason. I yes, <laughs> we're, we're, we're in a freaking pandemic. Like I, I haven't worn a button down shirt or like pants in, in, like I'm in shorts every day of my life. So yeah, and dude, it's like 8.42 as we're recording. Well, the beer, okay, that's good. It's 8.42, you loosen the collar, change the shirt. <laughs> I haven't worn a pair of shorts in like 30 years. <laughs> throw, throw in the, Throw in like a Legend of Zelda t-shirt or whatever you guys do. <laughs> you know, the, the, I, the, the weird thing is it was, it's just a coincidence. Like I wasn't just wearing this all day. I had a t-shirt and I was sitting on my balcony. I'm on the 11th floor. It got a little breezy, saw this, put it on. And then I'm looking at myself like, geez, I do totally look like an accountant right now. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. So another avenue for your band, I Fight Dragons, when you have managed to get the band's music in all the right places. I mean, years ago, the WWE Money in the Bank theme, that's a big deal. Uh, the Hills, um, the commercials for Big Brother, and most obviously, most conspicuously, you guys did the theme for the TV show, The Goldbergs. Yeah, yeah, Rewind. that was uh, that was really cool. Um, uh, the story is basically, when we were doing the, the, the near future Kickstarter, um, I believe uh, the, the producer Adam Goldberg sent a message to our singer Brian and said, basically, well, if the producers of the Big Bang Theory can have their favorite band do the theme, then uh, he wants his favorite band to do the theme for his show. And I was like, that's amazing. Um, that, that, that's insane. That, that's, it's all about, that, that's what it's all about. I mean, it just do, do what you believe in, love what you do, and someone's going to notice. Funny thing about that theme song too is that um, so there's there's a longer version of it called Rewind which uh, is out there and um, but that the theme didn't come 
like from a section of that song. We actually just wrote 12 seconds and then they asked us to make a longer song out of it. So like that's amazing. <laughs> that's the coolest. <laughs> By the way, what, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, uh, uh, Great Lakes IPA. Yes, yeah, IPA. Hey, if you if you're able to finish that before we're done, you'll be pretty pretty lit up. This <laughs> conversation will get way more interesting. <laughs> you're gonna get all. You're gonna get the whole scoop. <laughs> you'll bust out that accountant slide rule, the abacus. We're gonna really. <laughs> We're gonna go to town. So, so all right. Some books over here. So I, I fight dragons is is just kind of hanging in there as we're all hanging in there. Yeah. The same. Yeah. Um. You know, and our 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 singer just had a, a second baby not uh, too long ago, and you know he's got his hands full now. He's got two two kids, and um, it's been, you know, and and with everybody with the lockdown especially, like uh, um. I don't have any kids, but I heard it's been real tough to have kids at home during a lockdown. See, I, I have two kids who are teenagers, so they're they're pretty self-sufficient. I don't need to, you know, helicopter over them while they're <laughs> locked in. So it's everyone's kind of had their neutral space and I haven't needed. It, it hasn't been a problem, I guess, is what I'm saying for mine. It's been OK. I know some parents who have younger kids. It's uh, it's a bit much. It, it, you'd never get a break. No, yeah, absolutely. I can't imagine. So speaking of being sequestered, you do stand-up comedy. This is something you came to later in life. Yeah. I mean, yeah. well I'm into your career. Now. You don't look it, but well into your career as an accountant, well into your career as a musician. Was this something that was like a deep-seated desire for years that you just were, were, you were yearning to break free as a, as a comedian? Yeah, I, I mean, not for decades, but, uh, you know, somewhere around like 20, 2010, I started just taking notes down. I, I remember my cousin had uh, said that he wanted to try stand up and um, was looking for material. Excuse me. So I just started noodling over stuff. And and I really like enjoyed writing these things that I thought were funny. I mean, they never saw the light of the day at the time. But I, I kind of pictured myself as this ghostwriter who would like write jokes for comedians. I never, because like the idea of getting on stage and delivering the jokes myself, absolutely not. There's no way I was going to do that. So like, I kind of like the fantasy of like writing the material, but. So knowing this was only a few years ago, take me through that process of walking on stage, doing your material for the first time. Oh man. The, <laughs> so there was, so when I finally thought, okay, I need to go out and do this. There was, you know, a good year to two years of just like stalking open mics. Like I wouldn't even go up. I would just go and watch how other people like handled and like how they were doing it. And then finally I took, I took a class, which was actually really helpful. Um, and we, uh, you know, we, we, we did routines in front of each other in the class. And then finally uh, a friend of mine was like, okay, class is done we have to go out and do an open mic. And I put it off, I put it off, finally, I was like, okay. And that first mic, um, it was a June of 2017. And like, I literally read word for word off a sheet of paper. Oh boy, uh, <laughs> I'm uncomfortable <laughs> listening to that. It was pretty bad. Um, it was, yeah, it was, uh, but I loved it. Cause you know, out of, so it was like, I believe we had five minutes and um, you know, Wait, which sounds like a long time for your first time. I mean, five minutes is a lot of, a lot of content. 
Well, not when you're saying um a lot, then the time, the time goes by real quick when you're, when you're like, hold on a second. Um, but I, I mean, I'm cringing as you're saying this. But 15 seconds of that, I got a laugh. And it was just, I fell in love with it. I was like, okay, this is, this is what I'm doing now. And, and then full speed ahead. Was it just this year you opened up for Chris Kattan? Uh, yes. Yeah. That was, uh, uh, and that was so much fun and so awesome to meet him. Such a, such a really nice guy, a hilarious guy. Um, because I mean, even though you've been doing this for a couple of years now, there's still probably a lot to learn and like sponge off a guy like Catan. Yeah. Well, the, one of the, one of the big things for me that I'm trying to uh, get a lot better at is crowd work. You know, like I, right now I'm, I'm most like 95% material. Um, and I'm just kind of coming out of my shell with riffing on if something like happens in the audience. And then some people I see are, are just amazing at it. Chris was was really good at it. And uh, I don't know if he, you know, I, I would imagine he comes from an improv background too, yeah. like a lot of the SNL cast. Uh, so, you know, that's probably, you know, just in his DNA. But um, I really like, I have a, a, I really aspire to be like a, like somebody who can do a lot of crowd work. And we're just watching somebody riff like that is just uh, is the most awesome thing to see there's a certain level of fearlessness to that yeah 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 and and you know it just you know quick thinking quick thinking and just giving yourself the permission that things might go off the rails right now and then yes. not beat yourself up over it and not beat yourself up over it i think that's that's the key thing because when you're like right now when, when you're you know, mostly tied to material. It is that fear. You know, you might even hear somebody say something and in your mind while you're delivering your material, you're like, I could, I could do something with that. But you're like, ah, oh, no, maybe I don't want to derail what I'm doing yeah, right. right now. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, and he, he was, he was amazing at that. I think, uh, uh, I want to say it was the two shows or three shows, but, uh, in, in one of the shows, I mean, I think he just dropped some of his material just to riff with the crowd on stuff. And it was really cool to watch. So how are you spending time sequestered? Are, are you writing? Are you, is there stuff to observe and turn into comedy as you're stuck at home? Um, yeah, I've been, I've been writing a lot, um, but I don't sit down. Like, I, I think everybody has a different way of doing things. Like uh, some people like make time and be like, okay, this is, I'm going to sit down and try to write for an hour. Uh, I can't ever write under pressure like that. So more so if I, it's just, if I observe something like the, the, the comedy sort of like make a joke out of everything is constantly turning. Uh, but then if I have an idea, just like a shred of an idea, I have like, okay, now here, this is super nerdy. I've got, uh, do you, you know the list apps in your, you have an iPhone? I don't, I, I have a Samsung, I've got a Galaxy. I reject you, the iPhone. You, <laughs> you probably, I'm sure you have a similar thing where you can make a, like lists of things, right? Like a sure. grocery list or whatever. So I have like every single jo joke idea that I've ever come up with because I don't want to ever throw anything away. So like, and I have different categories for like, I have 24 that I know I will most will get a laugh. I have 275 ideas that haven't seen the light of day yet. I have 306 that have bombed. Uh, huh. And I have about 112 that I'm working on. I, like, I, hope, you're, I hope you're backing that shit up to the cloud <laughs> and not just leaving it on your phone. Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. Cause that'd, that'd be terrible. But so, even then it wouldn't be a terrible loss. Most of it's garbage. But. So the stuff that's bombed, is it salvageable? Can you, can you finesse it? Or is it just, you're, you're, you have PTSD from delivering that content. You know, you get a P so 
<laughs> the worst is when you, because you know every joke, nobody goes in with a joke like, oh, this is going to be awful, right? You 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 go in with it like, right? Oh, this is the funniest thing ever. I can't wait to deliver this. Um, now you know you guys are so lucky. You're going to hear my genius joke. <laughs> And then, and then people just stare at you. And when, like, the more confident you are, and then the worse the bomb that, like, there's like a mathematical formula for how long it will be before you even think of that joke again. Totally get it. <laughs> you know, like some kind of exponential relationship. So, but I keep it because then, like, I, I'm trying to think of an example. I can't think of one right off the cuff, but like, um, you know, a year later, that just idea will pop in your head or like just some angle. But then you think of a different twist to it. And now all of a sudden it's like, you know, it's rehashable. You know, it's interesting. I, Jerry Seinfeld has a book coming out, I think in October. And it's a collection of all of his stand-up work by decade. And I, I got an advanced copy of it. And he talks a lot about how in the early aughts coming off Seinfeld, the TV show, he had a real struggle sliding back into stand-up. How, really? how he... he like kind of had that kind of imposter syndrome. Like, how am I going to do this? Get back on stage. I think Chris Rock talked him into getting back into it, but it seems like stand up just based on reading that thing that Seinfeld said, and just observationally, it seems like it's one of those muscles you need to keep flexed. Like you need to keep that part of your brain active. You need to keep the performance going. One, is that true? And two, how do you do that in our current situation? Um, so yeah, that's, that's a really good question. And I feel like absolutely, you've got to keep it going. Uh, my girlfriend's getting really sick of me trying to run bits by her. <laughs> um, one thing that uh, Zanies gave me an opportunity to be to take part in this video series of theirs uh, during the lockdown, well, it was called the lockdown, was, uh, where myself and three other comics, uh, Larry Reeb, Dwayne Kennedy, Katie Miners, all gave updates, like just daily, like what we were doing that day like 90 seconds long. Uh, Dan Carlson, uh, manager at Zany's Rosemont, put it together. And uh, it, it was really awesome. Like it was a thing that I look forward to doing every day because it just kind of helped you creatively, like just still do comedy, you know, and, and, and have an outlet for it. And I don't think anybody realized it was going to go on for 60 days. So we <laughs> 60 videos. <laughs> well, it's crazy. When I started doing this, I thought, well, I'll probably do this through April. I'll probably do this nightly thing through April. And I think I'm on the 101st show from home. Wow. In my wildest yeah. dreams. I, I just, how could you know? So yeah. Yes. So yeah, like by, by, by day 60, it was like, okay, maybe we need a season finale here. But uh, it, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so, so that's, that's one way that I, you know, I just kept uh, being creative. Um, and I've been trying to, you know, been writing I haven't really gotten into uh, the Zoom shows. A lot of comics are doing that. Um, and I feel like eventually I have to bite the bullet. It's it's a weird idea to like, in my mind to like do comedy and not hear laughs, you know? Sure. Cause you don't, you don't know what, like what's your frame of reference? Am I bombing right now? Am that, I doing That's just it. You don't know if things are actually working unless, I, I, don't, I don't know how you'd gauge that. Unless you could see people's reactions on the screen like, huh. <laughs> right, right. And, it's also like, I mean, maybe now that, that, you know, it's been, it's been long enough. Uh, but like early on, it was, um, you know, it's tough to do your old material because it's just not relevant anymore. Sure. I, I was thinking about like, you know, cause you know, you do just stuff in your daily life. And I was like, I was thinking about like, like, how can you be like, well, I was on the train the other day, you know? 
Right. I was on the train in January. <laughs> right. I it's was on the so train weird. the other day and I realized that I'm not supposed to be on here. So I got uh, went home to save lives. You know, it's so weird. I mean, I, I had this conversation earlier today. I realized I have nothing to say anymore. Like, thank God I've got people to interview and I get to hear what's going on with them because all the people ask me, what are you doing this weekend? Staying home? <laughs> right. Like, what's, what's going on with you? I, nothing. I, 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 I do the same thing you do. I doom scroll through social media. I, I watch Netflix. I try to settle for something to watch. I listen to music. I eat more food than I should. I've got nothing. I have nothing to offer the world conversationally right now, which to your point, it's like, yeah, all that old material about life in January and February just, it doesn't work right now. It doesn't. <laughs> um, I've been, uh, well, also I, I've been trying to like put out content because I've, you know, had like just, you know, phone footage of shows that I've done. And mm -hmm. um, it was interesting that, uh, well, you had Sam Porter on. I listened to an episode mm -hmm. from last week and he had- From he Kelly had, Massey. Yeah, yeah. And he had mentioned content is king. And I think now more than ever, you know, for a comedian who's not, you know, able to get out there that, you know, just putting out content and just uh, being out there on social media as best as you can. Um, yeah, is really important. So I've been posting like clips of, of, of uh, from shows I've done, like just bits here and there. Um, hey, I, I've got to think while the, the weather is still nice, maybe there is an opportunity for something drive-in like for stand-up because you, you see that you know there are drive-in shows. Local H did one downstate. They're doing another one in a couple of weeks in Schaumburg at Boomer Stadium. Maybe that's like an opportunity. Get out in front of a live crowd. I mean, obviously Zanies is open, but they can only book X amount of X per week, per month. Maybe, maybe there's a, a DIY win for, for comics right now. I, I've heard of this. Uh, I don't know who's running, who's running like a, an outdoor show, but I've, I've heard people do, there's like drive-in comedy shows and, and there is comedy. Like you said, you know, Zany's Chicago is now um, back open. And I just did uh, uh, a couple weeks ago, I did a show at the Rao theater in Crystal Lake. Which, excuse me, um, it's the IPA, uh, mostly for- uh, Which theater? Is it named after you? What? Is it? <laughs> yeah, if it's a happy coincidence. Um, it's the Rao Theater in Crystal Lake, and it was mostly for streaming, but uh, their staff was there. And it was just like, you know, about a dozen people in the audience, but they were really, really cool and into it and like really enjoyed comedy. And I gotta say, like, even with the band, we've, we've always said this, like, you know, a light crowd that's enthusiastic is, you know, way better than, you know, a big crowd that just doesn't care, you know? Well, that, that's marketing, right? I mean, small groups of highly interested people. There's the people who will tell their friends about you. There's the people who will talk about you on social media. If you can make that connection, that, that's as good as anything. I, I completely agree with that. That, that, was, that was my first experience uh, since, you know, March getting on a stage. So I was, I was a bit nervous, thought I forgot maybe how to do, how to do stand up. Um, and then just last weekend, I was up in Kenosha at the Kenosha Comedy Club, and that was just like live comedy. And it was, they put it in a bigger room than usual so that there could be social distancing and, um, you know, to make it safe for everybody, hand sanitizers and all that stuff. Mm. Um, and it was good. I will say, and Kenosha Comedy Club, I love that place. Wisconsin, I feel like sometimes you go across that border in, in, in the towns, it's almost like, it's almost like they, the virus doesn't exist. Like people are like, you know, 
I, I, I drove by a bar and there were just like people hanging out, like just as if like nothing, nothing's going on. Like it's like a different world. It's like Which, Lauderdale in like May of 1998. <laughs> right. No, it's true. I, I, I have relatives over the border and uh, they said the same thing. Like the second restrictions loosened, you'd never know there was a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, uh, people have asked me, and I, you know, I've wondered too early on, like, well, what's going to, are people going to want to go out and like, uh, you know, go to things even as things start opening up? And I think, yes, you know, I mean, almost to like where, you know, it's too much right now, but I feel like, you know, you, they, it, it, you know, the gyms are opening up. I walk by Orange Theory Fitness and they're all in there with their masks doing like squats and stuff. Yeah. Like, wow. I mean, listen, if you can tell me that something's going to be safe, I'm open to it. I, like I said, I, this is what I'm doing every day. I'm, I'm staying home. That's all I do. But, you know, reading the list of everything Zanies is doing with the, the temperatures and the washing the glassware twice, like, okay, that's great. That, that gives me some peace of mind. If you can tell me that something will be secure and, and thoughtfully executed, yeah, I'm in. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's what it was like uh, um, uh, at the show over the weekend. And I know that's how uh, Zany shows are. I went uh, and just dropped in to check out the one that uh, one of the first ones since reopening. And uh, yeah, like yeah, every staff's wearing masks. Um, people are seated apart, and they've limited the capacity. So yeah. really, I mean, the safest environment you can think of to do live comedy. So right. All right. So. One thing I wanted to ask you about, you decided being in a band wasn't enough, being a comedian wasn't enough, being an accountant wasn't enough. You wanted to really go where the big bucks were and do a podcast. <laughs> you, you said, I, this is going to be lucrative. This is going to be game changing. I want to jump into the world of podcasting. Well, you know, I, I feel like that there's a... Um, there's a there's such a high barrier to entry and I had this opportunity that... Yeah. <laughs> any rube off the street can start a podcast and they do and they do so all right the, po the podcast you're doing with jim flanagan uh is named what oh it's called what do we know with harry and jim and it basically it's, it's a lot of fun we get uh somebody on to just basically teach us about a subject that we know a little about uh so we had a um professor of anthropology uh my friend julie lesnick from wayne state university she came on to talk about uh, eating insects as being a healthy part of your diet and how it's good for the environment. Eating insects and how it's yeah. not weird and how other parts of the world, it's like totally normal. I, I've heard all the above, yeah. Um, we had a magician come on, William Pack, talk about magic. Uh, we had uh, Hovey Williams talk about energy healing. So excuse that if you, I don't know if you heard that. Um, but yeah, so we just get people on to you know talk about something interesting. And um, we have little segments of the show because uh, being a true nerd, I couldn't do something like this without having segments. I get it. <laughs> so, and how, how long have you been doing the podcast for? So it's, it's been about a year. We're right now on an every other week schedule. Uh, Jim also has another podcast uh, with the comic Pat McGann. So he's got his, he's got a lot on his plates. Uh, Pat, Jim, Pat McGann, for, former Carcone Carney guest. Oh, okay. All right. Great. Years yeah, ago, yeah. We, we went to like Beverly or somewhere on the uh, South side where he's like royalty. Oh and yeah, he, and it, he sorry, rolls what? down the street there, and you know people throw flowers at him, and they just celebrate his his existence. I <laughs> know oh, he, he he's hilarious, he's amazing, and they just had uh, Sebastian Maniscalco on their podcast, and so I'm just hoping all that like rolls downhill to <laughs> our <Right>? podcast. 
they get Sebastian, you get the anthropologist talking about bugs. <laughs> well, I will say Sebastian probably doesn't know a lot about the benefits of eating bugs. So sure. maybe I'm and, and now is the time to learn all that stuff. In quarantine, this is a time to expand our knowledge base, our skills, our, our hobbies. Have you taken on any hobbies? Um my girlfriend and I got really heavy into doing puzzles, like jigsaw puzzles. Um, and finally, we, 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 we stepped to a, to a thousand piece puzzle and now it's just kind of sitting behind me on, on, uh, undone. Oh, yeah. oh boy. <laughs> so. I, I will tell you, I, puzzles stress me out. I can't do them. I, I think that that's the mathematical side of you. I, I don't have the patience for puzzles. I, I don't like them. They, they irritate me. I didn't like building Legos for my kids when they were growing up. All that stuff. Guy. No, not a Lego guy. I, I like the finished results. Like, oh, cool. We got a Batmobile out of this. But all the steps leading up to it, no thank you. Not for me. So the fact that you can even do a puzzle is uh, really a feather in your cap. I try to take up some outdoorsy things now because it feels like, you know, without being able to, you know, go to the movies and things like that, you know, um, I went camping for the first time since I was a kid, which was really, I never thought I would do that. In my Did you do life. like four real camping, like urinating in the woods, that kind of stuff? Like, or did you do like a little more uh, refined camping where you had bathroom access and. Yeah. Okay. I, well, see, to, to me, roughing it is the tent part. <laughs> if we're going to talk about having to like poop in the woods. Okay. I didn't do that, okay, <laughs> but okay. I did, I did manage to start a fire and I didn't think that I'd ever. That's cool. Way to go, Prometheus, bringing fire to the people. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I even like back in the Stone Age, I'd be the guy just keeping track of how much fire would we have. <laughs> I, I realize, it, I, I'm glad you have even that basic knowledge. I realize if things ever get really bad, if we do enter this post-apocalyptic world, if, if things do go Mad Max, like I can't grow things. I, I can't grow my own food. I'm not handy. I can't fashion and tool. I, I live in broadcasting and digital media. I'm fucked if the world like takes a dark turn and if we're suddenly like without electricity where we're, you know, we no longer need people to do interviews. I, I, I'm out. I'm like one of the first to go. I would say though, maybe not. Right. Because that's the, like, like when you, when you think of those movies, like uh, I remember red dawn for some reason is coming to mind. It's like the radio is what you want. You know, you, you need that. Uh, but see, without electricity, we need someone to fashion a radio or like build something out of transistors and wires. That's not me. I'm not your guy. <laughs> so if I, I'm just one of the first to go as society transitions into something new, which I think this is what happened in Star Trek. I think there, there was a great devastation or great war and things got really dark, like cavemen like. And then out of that came the United Federation of Planets and holodecks and transporters and starships. So maybe it's all for the greater good. I, I digress. Hari <laughs> Rao's my guest. Uh, so if we want to support you in this downtime, in this dystopian time we're currently in, what do we do? Where do we find you? Oh, at Hari Rao Comedy on uh, Instagram. Yeah, I post clips on there. Uh, I got shows coming up. I post that stuff on there. I'd say uh, also on Facebook, but uh, it, it's not like a page or anything. So Instagram is probably the way to go. Dude, you got to get a page. I got it. You know, yes, I need to do that. Well, so I probably should... Uh, people have told mentioned I should get a website. Um, that too. Like you know, then you can post. Uh, yeah, you got to do the. I, I waited. I, I hemmed and hawed about doing a Carcon Carne page on Facebook. It took me about two and a half years. I thought oh, no one cares. Why would I? You know, why would I do that? But just it it, it makes 
everything's so much easier. And well, also, you're, you're a numbers you, guy. I mean, you, you get data from it. Sure. Well, I don't, I don't know if you've experienced this too, um, but like some of my friends, you know, I'm in my forties, like they're not on Instagram. Like they, it's just not a thing that they do. Or like, uh, so I know a couple of my friends aren't on Facebook. So like the idea of only having a social media uh, then means that they don't find out what I'm doing. So yeah, I agree. Like a website would be important. Yeah. Baby steps. Thanks. We're here now. <laughs> We're here on Zoom now. All right. So I, I want to thank everyone who checked in, who's been watching on Facebook Live. Much appreciated there. Uh, that is Hari Rao. We're going to stop the live stream.